Hey there, ZDB here. That's Eric Deshaun Barrett for long. And if you're listening to this when it's released, and it's Sunday, February 14, 2021, Valentine's Day. And it's also time for another Sunday meditation. Well, good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. It's so good to be counted on on this Lord's Day. Father, we thank you. We praise you. We give you glory and honor for this opportunity that you've given us to pray and to serve you and to worship you and glorify you. You are King of Kings and you Lord of Lords. You are still God. In spite of what we see, in spite of what we hear, in spite of what we we feel, Lord God, you're still God. You still rule from heaven. And you still have a people that have not bowed their their face to the ground before Baal. And Father, we thank you, Lord God, that you have a people that it said, Lord God, we are willing to turn from our evil ways and seek your face that the land may be healed. And Lord God, that your kingdom will come and establish itself on earth as it has been already established in heaven. Oh, gracious Lord God, our Father, we come this morning praising and giving your name the glory. God, it's our privilege, Lord God, to open up our mouth and have the ability to open up our mouth to give you praise. And we honor you for that this morning. We thank you for the birth. We thank you for the life. And we thank you for the death of our Lord Jesus Christ. And now we thank you for the finished work of the cross. And Father, we come before you now saying, if there's anything in our life where we've done aware and unaware, Lord, forgive us. Forgive us. We have come short and we have, we have done some things, Lord God, that was not pleasing to you. But Father, we ask for forgiveness now, Lord, that you may not forget us and that you will hear our prayer. And Father, we come as your children, as the people and the sheep of your pasture. Lord God, we thank you for provision for us that you have given us. We thank you for leading us by still waters. Yea, that we walk through the valley of shadows of death, which shall fear no evil, for you are with us. You are our God. You are our Lord and our staff, and you comfort us all the days of our lives. And we thank you for that. And now, Lord God, as children of your pastors, as sheep of your pastors, as, as your humble servants, we come this morning. We lift up the cares and the needs of people all everywhere. Now we come and we join our faith together. We intercede and we stand in the gap for those who need you and those who don't know you. Father, we pray for our leaders of this land. We pray for our pastors. We pray for those who watch over our spiritual souls. We pray, Lord God, that you would give them the insight and the foresight. We pray, God, for fresh vision and fresh oil to be upon their life. Lord, that they lead us and guide us and and give us direction, Lord, that they will not miss the mark, but, Lord God, they will continue to be focused on you. 
We pray for every weak leader. We pray for those who have fallen asleep, Lord God, but yet they still have blood water running in their veins. We pray for the Lord God that they will come out of their sleep. And God, that they will get to the place, Lord God, that they will hear from you. Yes, Lord. Lord God, that they will call upon your name. They will build an altar. They will pray and seek your face with all their heart, their soul, and their mind. Father, we pray, Lord God, for those who don't know you. We have family members that don't know you. We have children that don't know you. We have nieces and nephews that don't know you. We have cousins and friends that don't know you, Lord. Lord God, we pray, God, that they would come to know you. Lord God, that the power of who you are and what you want to do in their lives. Father, we pray in Jesus' name, Lord, that they would hear your voice and they would not ignore the knocking of, the, of you at the door of their heart. We pray, God, that they will come in, allow you to come in and sup with them. We pray, Lord God, that there will be no habit, there will be no shortcoming, there will be nothing in their life, Lord God, that will cause them to miss the mark with you. So, God, we come this morning, we pray, and we intercede, and we come against anything, Lord God, that has every weapon. That every weapon that has formed against them, Lord God, we come against it right now in Jesus' name. Lord Amen. God, there are so many weapons, but Lord, you say it may form, but it not prosper. Yes, Lord. Lord God, they might have dipped and died in drugs, alcohol, and all kind of sexual perversions, but it shall not prosper. Yes, Lord. Lord God, those works are dead works, and we command them to be dead in their lives and alive with you in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord God, for an open heart and open mind. We pray, Lord God, that as your word continues to go out, that your promises of your word will stand true. You said your word would not come back forth, but it will go out and, and it will accomplish everything that it's sent out to do. Hallelujah. And we thank you for your word going out and saving our children and saving our friends and saving our neighborhood. Saving our neighbors, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God for the victory reports that we will receive of people coming to know you, Lord God. We pray, Lord God, that those who lie will find it hard to lie. We pray, Lord God, for those who steal will find it difficult to steal. Lord God, those who hate and mistreat God will find it hard to continue to live in it, Lord God. We pray, Lord God, that a prayer, Lord God, that a, a spirit of, of conviction will come upon them, Lord God, and cause them to say, what must I do to be saved? God calls them, the Lord God, to turn from the evilness of their ways. We pray, Lord God, that they will, they will pick up truth and lay down wrong in Jesus' name. God, we pray earnestly for them today, Lord God. We pray for those who call it wrong, right, Lord God, and right wrong. Lord God, we stand in the gap for them, Lord God, that they will come out of their dead sleep, Lord God, and come alive in you in Jesus' name. Oh, God, we pray earnestly for them today, Lord God. Your word said you wish that no man perish, but every man will come unto repentance. And, God, we pray for our repentance nation. Hey, glory to God. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I said we pray for a nation that will repent before you, Lord God. We pray, God, that they will repent and turn from the evil ways, Lord God. We have a nation, Lord God, that has gone crazy, Lord God. But we pray, God, that they will come 
to their senses, Lord. Oh, yes, Lord. oh God, that they will understand who you are. They yes. will understand past Valentine's Day of the love of one another, but look straight to you. You are the lover of our souls. Yes, Lord God, they will understand yeah, what yeah. love is, Lord God. They will understand that love don't hurt. Love don't discriminate. Love, 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 love. Love don't kill. Love don't steal. Love don't, Lord, hallelujah, glory to God. We will understand, Lord, that we will understand what, what true love is. True love got up on the cross. True love got up on the cross. True love yes. took nails in his hands and nails in his feet, took a crown of thorns on his head. True love got pierced in the side. Hey, yes. God yes. Almighty. Yes. True love yes. got spit upon. True love got neglected, Lord. Oh, God, now yes. I understand that since the trueness of who you are, God, that you want to love them, Lord God. And we pray, God, that they will come to love you, Lord God, and come and to know who you are, not religion, Lord God, not tradition, not doctrine, but who you are, Lord God. Oh, the God that wants intimacy, a God that wants relationship, a God that wants to love them in the morning, in the evening, in the noonday, and all day long. God, we love you, Lord. Oh, Father, we pray, Lord God, for those who, who have the positions in our communities, in our nation to make decisions on our behalf and to represent all people. We pray, Lord God, for the people that have been neglected, those who've been overlooked and ashamed. We pray, Lord God, that you will look out for the person that don't don't have a voice, Lord God, and continue to be looked over. We pray, Lord God, the day will come and the day has come, Lord God, that you allow the last. That's what your word said. We're just talking about your word now. You said that the last shall become first and the first shall become last. Father, we pray for those who've been in the last, Lord God, that has been ostracized and pushed to the side. We're not talking about color. We're talking about people that have been pushed aside and, and have been in the background and have not had the opportunities as others. We thank you for fresh opportunities. We thank you, Lord God, for that day, that day arriving, that day arriving, Lord God. Oh, God, we put our hope in you. We don't put our hope into elections and who we elected. We put our trust in you. <laughs> yes, Lord. Hallelujah. I said we put our trust in you. We put our trust in you. Oh, God, we love you today, Lord God. And, Father, we thank you, Lord God, for what you're doing with COVID. We thank you, Lord God, for healing. We thank you for the numbers going down. We thank you for people, not less people being hospitalized. We thank you, Lord God, for the antidote. We thank you, Lord God, for the shots. We thank you, Lord God, for what it's doing. We thank you, Lord God, for a day that we will we will have to not to to be so cautious in, in who we see and be around and, and our masses, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, for the lessons that you taught us during COVID. I say I thank you for the lessons you taught us during COVID. Everything, Lord God, that you taught us and you allowed us to be aware and to see. We thank you for the lessons. God, could you teach us? We thank you because you're a great teacher. Yes, you are. You, mm -hmm. I said you're a great teacher. You teach us that we, we, we don't even know we're being taught. And we thank you, Lord. We thank you for First Virtual. We thank you for these members. We thank you, Lord God, for touching every household. 
We thank you for those who are listening today and will be listening in the future. We pray your power upon every household. We pray that your anointing and your grace will be upon it. We pray Psalms 91 over their households right now in Jesus' yes. name. We pray, Lord God, increase and overflow. We thank you, Lord God, for yes. your great protection. Yea, though we walk through the valley, we shall feel no evil, for you are with us. You are our God. And yes. you, Lord God, we put our trust. Hallelujah. And we thank you. We thank you. You're God. You're God. You're thank God. You. You're our God. You're the same yesterday and today and forevermore. And we praise you, Lord. And we glorify you. Oh, we lift your name. There is none like you, Lord God. Bless this service today. Bless the man of God that will be bringing the word. Anoint him afresh. Anoint him afresh, Lord God. Give him what we need to hear. Not what we want to hear, but give us what we need to hear in the name of Jesus. And God, we will love you. And we praise you and we glorify you. And we tell you, Lord God, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's sweet. You are sweet and, we are, and you are so sweet. As the song says, he's sweet, I know. you sweet, I know. Hallelujah. And we praise you and we give your name the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Jesus. It's so sweet to trust in Jesus. Just to take him at his word, just to stand upon his promise, just to know the says the Lord. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, how I know him more and more. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus, just to know the says the Lord. At this time, I might not have gotten to what you need, but what you need and what you have on your heart to pray for is just as important as what I just prayed for. And so we're going to take a few moments, and let's go to the Lord in prayer. Oh, bless you, oh God. Thank you. Yes, Lord. Just to know the says the Lord. Just to know the says the Lord. Just to know. Thus says the Lord. Amen. 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 Glory to God. Glory to God. 
Amen. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. Good morning. Good morning, family, friends. And if we got any enemies, good morning to you this morning, too. Welcome to First Virtual. It's so good to be in the land of the living and living in the land. God is so good. He Look what he's done. He's brought us another week. Another week the Lord has kept us and he allowed us to be counted on and present one more time. I know without a shadow of a doubt that this service will be another memorable one. One that we can say truly didn't our hearts burn while we sat and listened to what the Lord had to say to us. Look, sit back and enjoy I hope you got your stuff together and ready for this service this morning in the Word, because I'm pretty sure that you will be blessed by our pastor, the Reverend Dr. E.B. Dean. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And I'm pretty sure that he has a word. He's a great man. He knows how to go before the Lord and, and give us fresh stuff every Sunday. So enjoy yourself. Sister Clarice, how you doing this morning? Good morning, Pastor Booth. I'm doing very well. How are you? Blessed and highly favored of God and man. Praise the Lord. Amen. 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 God. Yes. I want to just pick up, piggyback on what you sang. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus. Just reminds me that Jesus is the best sweetheart of all on this Valentine's Day. And he loves us. Yes, he does. Pastor Booth said, oh, he loves us. And he showed us because he went to the cross. Amen. Today's song is Oh, Freedom. Oh, no. Oh, Freedom. And uh, I'm going to read a little bit here about it. O Freedom is a post-Civil War African-American freedom song. It is often associated with the Civil Rights Movement with Odetta, who recorded it as a part of the spiritual trilogy on her Odetta Sings Ballads and Blues album. Now, Odetta is a black American folk singer. She was designated as a national treasure by President Bill Clinton. And Joan Baez also performed the song at the 1963 March on Washington. Baez has since performed the song live numerous times, both during her concerts and at other events. The song was first recorded in 1931 by the E.R. Nance family as Sweet Freedom. Now, the lyrics that I'm reading today are from a recording of O Freedom by the Golden Gospel Singers. O Freedom, O Freedom. Oh, freedom over me. And before I'd be a slave, I'd be buried in my grave and go home 
to my Lord and be free. No more weeping, don't you know? No more weeping. No more weeping over me. And before I'd be a slave, I'd be buried in my grave and go home to my Lord and be free. Oh, freedom, oh, freedom, oh, freedom over me. And before I'd be a slave, I'd be buried in my grave and go home to my Lord and be free. And before I'd be a slave, I'd be buried in my grave and go home to my Lord and be free. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Good morning, Brother Dennis. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, well, it's not raining. That's a start, right? Good Valentine's Day wishes to all the best. You know, um, it's middle of the month already. So uh, February's about gone, and uh, getting ready for springtime. I am. It won't be long. We'll be enjoying the fresh blossoms of spring, and uh, we're looking forward to that. This past week, uh, a lot of things have been going on um, in our world, uh, not only here in Norfolk, but uh, also up in the uh, uh, capital, and, and we know what that is. I'm just uh, thankful that God is in control and, and God gives us the, the knowledge that we need to survive ourselves and, and to and to seek uh, Him, uh, to seek God and to seek Him, His uh, leadership because His leadership is the best uh, we we have. Uh, it beats everybody else, uh, whether it be government or uh, whether it be national or local or or, or even. Uh, you know, in our own family, you know, I, sometimes I make decisions and they're not always the best decision. So I learned a long time ago that uh, before I do anything, uh, any decisions, I, I need to, to uh, I need to go before the Lord because uh, God teaches us that uh, anything that we we have or anything that we do, we should use Him or we should seek Him uh, to guide us. Um, and uh, one uh, short verse in uh, James tells us, James 1, uh, verse 5, tells us why we should do that. And, uh, and sometimes we, we, don't, we, we don't understand why we have to go from before God. But God tells us that if we seek him, uh, he will guide us in the right direction. And James 1, 5 kind of sums it up real short and sweet. It says, uh, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. And, and uh, that's important. You know, God doesn't find fault with us. If we talk to God, He's going He's going to take care of us, and He's going to provide for us. Yeah. He's going to give us the right uh, the right guidelines. I know, uh, you know. Uh, 
as uh, as I was uh, growing up, a young boy, and, and doing things. And my my dad always said, you know, you're going to be faced with with problems. And he says, make a decision. And if it's wrong, it's wrong. But you have to make that decision. And, and I know with God, it's the same way. But if we seek God before we make that decision, usually. Almost 100% of the time, if we follow his leadership, it'll be the right decision. It may not be the decision we want to do, but it'll be the one that God wants us to do. And, and it's not always its not always what we, we feel in our hearts. Uh, I know uh, Brother Eric has talked about, uh, like, I shanked him and took him to prison and, and, uh, uh, years ago. And that kind of changed his life. Well, you know, I look back on when I first uh, decided to to go to prison and and lead a Bible study there. What my motivation was, and at first it wasn't the right motivation. I know that, and, and God knew that. So God wouldn't let me go in. He kept me away from the prison, even though I'd ride up there with the guys that were were leading it at the time. Uh, I wasn't allowed entrance into the prison because I wasn't qualified as far as the, the uh, administration of the prison was concerned. So I had to sit sit outside, sit in the car, uh, walk around the parking lot carefully because they, they were keeping an eye on me for sure. And, and uh, they were say, what are you doing? Why are you waiting? Why are you here? And uh, explain to the, the guard that was mobile what was going on. He said, well, he said, you can sit in the car, but keep the door open and don't go, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So there were some guidelines. But I, I was worried. I was like, why wouldn't, why wouldn't they have my name? Why wouldn't they do this? But uh, if I sat there and started to think, I, I realized that there were some things in the, that were hindering me. Uh, were hindering me to be uh, the person that God wanted me to be, the person that uh, uh, that God wanted the, uh, the inmates to see. So I had to I had to talk to God. I spent a lot of time just praying and talking to God and asking Him, was this what I needed? Was this what I was supposed to do? Uh, and, and if it was, please help me, help me gain and and help help me understand how to. Uh, a min- minister to these people, these men um, and, and women uh, that uh, I would come in contact with. And God used that time. God used that time to, to teach me and to admonish me and say, hey, you know, you, you need to take care of yourself and, and, and confess these things that you're kind of hiding in, in the back closet. And, uh, you know, bring them out in the open. Talk to God about it. And, and he'll give you the wisdom. He'll give you the knowledge. He'll give you the strength that you need. And, and sometimes we forget that. Sometimes we forget that God, God will do that. He promises that he'll give us the wisdom and the strength. And we don't rely on him all the time. And, 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 and we need to. And it's easy to take it away from him. You know, I got this, I got this, you know, I, I handle it, you know. I, I don't need to, I don't need, I don't need any help. If you ever felt that way, you know, have you ever started a project and somebody comes in and goes, hey, let me help. And you're like, no, no, get away, I got it. No, <laughs> but, you know, they mean no harm. And God is that way too. We can't chase him away because guess what? He doesn't go away. He'll stay there and watch over you. And, and as, as you keep just trying to get through that thing and muddle with the mistakes you make, and you look up and there he is waiting on you, 
with it, with a smile on his face. Okay, you try it your way. Now let's try it my way. Let's try it God's way. And usually, 100% of the time, guess what? God's wisdom is the best wisdom and the best help that you could ever get and ever have. Amen and amen. 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 Well, happy Valentine's Day to all you pretty people this morning. Thank you. Thank you. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. We was in a real church. Y'all coming here stuck. Had y'all nice pretty gowns and stuff on. Fruit baskets on your head. I wish you would have put some real fruit in there so I could have stole me a couple of grapes. You know, it's a long time for the end of service. <laughs> you know, just 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 a few little greets, you know, that's all. This morning on this Valentine's Day, Mama Bell, you know, me and Mama Bell got a love. We me and Mama Bell in love. Cause I read Mama Bell mine. You sure do. You'll see. You'll see in a minute. I, I I sure am. I sure am. I sure am. You got your fingers in the water? You got them all yeah. lubricated and... Uh-huh. You, you gonna make your way over to the piano? Oh, Lord. Ain't <laughs> <laughs> your mind not gone. Gotta keep no. your mind. <laughs> well, if you just make your way over there to that piano and get ready to tickle them ivories, I'd appreciate it. Okay, I'll be there. You know what, Miss Say? You know what, Miss Bell? Just because Valentine's Day, can I get what I want? Go ahead and bang on them keys today. <laughs> you do and say what you want. <laughs> but this morning, as Mama Bell is getting ready to uh, show spiritualistically, yeah, I made up words, uh, tickle the ivories, uh, I would like for us to. As all the folks have been saying, uh, Pastor Booth early this morning said it about the people who are not here, our children, grandchildren, aunts, uncles, cousins, nephews, nieces, you know, the list goes on. And there's a reason why, in some cases, I hate calling this church. I like to call it a meditation because it's a time for us to think time for us to process, time for us to self-evaluate, look through. So as Mama Bell is playing, would you think about a couple people that's at the house, you might need to call and just tell them you love them, tell them you care about them, tell them you forgive them. It's all right if you don't forget now, but you can forgive. And tell them you want to. You just want to let them know that, like I said, you love them. You think about those two people. And then you pray over yourself. 
because it's probably a hard journey between you and them. Someone might be in the other room. You might want to slap them 15 minutes ago, but you're going to pray Mama Bell's going to be able to give you a nice little musical calming transition into that moment of reconciliation. Mama Bell? I'm ready. May your fingers do the talking. Chapter number 19 Verse 
15 and 17. If you'll allow me to be a traditional Christian and butcher the Bible a few minutes. It says, at daybreak, the angels urged Lot, get up, take your wife and your two daughters who are here, or you will be swept away. As soon as the angel got them outside, one of them said, run for your lives. Don't look back and don't stop. Get up. Take your wife and your two daughters who are here or you will be swept away. Run for your lives. Don't look back and don't stop. I want to borrow from that for a thought this morning get up and run get up and run and our kind father we ask that you allow us the opportunity to present your case today that all those listening both now And forever we're here without shadow of doubt what it is you are saying unto us. And all those in agreement with their prayer respond with a howdy, amen. Howdy, amen. I guess only one person agreed with the prayer this morning. That's all right. Mm-hmm. If you pinch yourself and you breathe and say amen. Amen, amen. All right, all right. All right, at least you're breathing. You might not agree with the prayer, but you're breathing. Let me stop playing with y'all. The Underground Railroad was a network of secret routes and safe houses established in the United States. During the early to mid-19th century, it was used by enslaved African Americans to escape into free states and the country of Canada. The scheme was assisted by abolitionists and others sympathetic to the cause of of the escapes. These abolitionists and sympathetics were made up of multiracial and multiethnic groups. Free blacks led the charge accompanied by Native Americans by immigrants from other lands, and most importantly, by white people. I wish somebody know all white folks ain't bad. 
Amen. I say that again, all white folks ain't bad. Amen. The enslaved who risked escape and those who aided them are also collectively referred to as the Underground Railroad. Not only did various routes lead through free states, which happens to be located in the north, and then spill over into Canada, there were other routes that led to Mexico and even settling in South Florida. This pathway was eliminated because of the successful conquering of the southern and western parts of this nation through the Mexican-American War. One historian argued the reason why they conquered those parts of the nation was A, to seal the border of America, but more importantly, to seal the escape routes of slaves. So to keep their precious economy going, they mutilated not just black folks, they mutilated Mexicans, they mutilated Hispanics, Native Americans, and dare I say, they even mutilated their own kind. How many of you know money kill anybody? Mm. Mm. I'll say that again. The love of money will mm. kill anybody. Mm. However, despite all this, the network now generally known as the Underground Railroad, I'm sure you are well aware, and I will not insult your intelligence, your smart people, to know that it was not an actual railroad, but formed in the early 1700s. And between that and 150 years, Culminating in 1850, historians have argued that some 100,000 slaves had escaped via this network. 100,000 who did not wait for a civil war to break out. 100,000 who did not need an emancipation proclamation to start the conversation for whether or not they should or should not be free. 100,000 people who did not need the sealing of a deal with the 13th Amendment to guarantee that freedom. 100,000 people decided, if I want it, I'm just going to take it. 100,000 people. Mm. It's been argued by many, at the time of this great escape, 
that the problem that we have is that they told us we couldn't and therefore we must believe we can. And the only way that we can is to prove them that we can. And so they knew the law and they defied it. They knew the system and they denied it. They studied it. They paid attention to what was going on in Washington. When historians say the one thing that an abolitionist can understand is that Washington is always playing catch-up. If you stay ahead of the game, you win. You sit back and wait, you'll lose. And so these 100,000 people escaped successfully. How did they do it? Did they put it in newspapers? No. Did they put it on TV? Well, you know they didn't have that back then. Did they send bulletins? Absolutely not. They talked about it. And the key to their success was one thing and one thing only. Keep your mouth shut. One abolitionist stated, gossiping will get you killed. And running your mouth will get your tongue cut out. Sometimes you got to know when to know and when to act like you don't know. And so because they were so quiet, because they learned that gossiping would get them nowhere, they were able to successfully build these networks. The whites were supporting, the Native Americans were supporting the immigrants from other nations were supporting. The Mexicans and Hispanics were supporting. Even folks from Canada were supporting, but there was a flaw. There was a problem. All of those supporting roles could not do anything inside. They couldn't get the message to the slaves. So free blacks who had their Rolls Royces and their Bentleys. They block long houses with their IRAs who had good stock options, risked it all to go into the plantations. They disguised themselves as slaves. Mingled amongst them, was whipped with them just so they can strategize. Sometimes I think about that and I I get the inspiration of understanding why the scripture says to whom much is given, much is required. These people who were free thought it not robbery to see their other brothers 
and sisters have the same options they did. And so they would go. One of those being Harriet Tubman, you know of her, who successfully led some 300 missions. 300. Now, you know black folks. Some black folks you know would have got free and went and went back one time. She went back 299 more times than half your cousins. You know what I'm talking about. Mm. 300 missions. An abolitionist. He was a white Quaker pastor. Housed some 2,000 slaves in the basement of his house. More Slaves was housed in his house alone than any on the whole Underground Railroad. To whom much is given, much is required. They would travel some 10 to 20 miles at night and rest in what they would call safe places. I'll get to that in a minute. Many of those places were called stations or depots. They were located in barns, under church floors, or in caves, hollowed out riverbanks. They would get there and they would look at their slave roots or their escape route rather in a biblical sense. Refugees would refer to Canada as the promised land and the Ohio River as the River Jordan. The Ohio River which marked the boundary between slave states and free. And just like Pharaoh in Egypt, they would line the flanks of the Ohio River and bear the slaves to cross. And somehow, just like at the opening of the Red Sea, just like at the opening of the Jordan, successfully some 100,000 slaves found an escape. The Underground Railroad, as I said, did not have headquarters nor publishing guides. They didn't need pamphlets. They didn't even need miniature discussions or more, should I say, major discussions. They were minor. You want to go? Yes, sir. That's the church way of saying it. 
we get outside in the church parking lot, and I tell you what they really said. You already know. It was yeah, in it. Just another word on the other side of it. You understand? And they would get there and they would strategize. And if you had one doubt in your mind, they kicked you out the group. I can't was not allowed. If there's one word you would never talk, is I can't. There was one idea you would never consider. It was it's impossible. It was one thing you were never allowed to have, at least not publicly, was an act of fear. Either you were determined or you weren't. One historian writes, after reading some documents from some former slaves' journals, The historian stated that slave was contemplating whether or not to leave. It was said that slave prayed one night to God. Because he had went to ask permission. I know about going and asking permission. I know about going to the preacher and asking the preacher, should I? I can imagine what that slave went through. I don't even have to read the journal to know what happened in that meeting because I've been in that meeting. You go to the preacher, you tell him about your wild ideas, but you have to understand that the preacher is trained by the slave master. He's not going to help you. They're not going to encourage you. They're going to tell you, go sit down and wait on God. But that slave went home and he prayed. I like that slave. I don't really believe in the alternative life. That, that, that's another conversation for another day, science and, 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 and all this other stuff. It's a little bit more complicated to me. But if I were to suggest that I was here in a former life, I believe after reading that paper that I was that slave. That slave went back and he had a cussing match with God. That slave told God, you're giving me the vision of freedom. You've let me see it. And yet everything I'm being told is to stay here and wait. What am I waiting for? This slave shouted to God. I told you, I feel like if I had been here in another life, I would have been that slave. But that slave had a moment just like I did, right there going behind Bodotard Gardens, delivering a newspaper one day to the editor, who then lived at 8.50, 8.32, I'm sorry, that it just came to me. 
He doesn't live that man anymore, so it don't matter if I gave out his address on worldwide internet. I don't even think he's the other anymore for that matter, so that that means that's a double plus. But I remember sitting there throwing that paper to that man, picking up a Christmas card in the door. And I opened that Christmas card and saw the check. I still have it around here somewhere, at least the card. I might have still had a check, too. Ain't no good, but I still got the check. You know I cashed it. And that check and the card had an inscription in it. Follow your dreams at all costs. And may this be a token towards your destiny. You know I was mad. Because all these signs were upon me. They were right there in front of my face. And yet I was still proverbially on the plantation. I feel for that slave. I understand it. I understand how that slave went in that night and had that shouting match with God, and he said, I tell you what. I don't know a lot, but what I do know is this. If I stay here, I'm definitely going to die. If I leave, there's a possibility I'm going to die, but it's certain I'm going to die here. There's no opportunity for me. There's no idea advancement for me. There's no hope here for me. But if I go, I got a shot. So that slave said, I'm going to attempt to go. And God, if you really are there, you either help me or I'll die trying. I told you, I think I came here to another life. Because that slave spoke to me, but that wasn't just one slave. That was the mindset of all of them. They would attend church meetings. They didn't go there just to shout and holler and bake cake. They didn't have time to be a part of a glorified social country club. It wasn't for looks or appearances. They had work to do. And their church meetings were prayer sessions accompanied with strategy sessions. They would figure out how to take care of themselves, how to provide for themselves. It was there that they learned how to read, how to write. And how to understand church had a meaning. God was more significant. They realized they needed him, and it was only because of him that they were going to survive. And so they focused. And their faith became their politics, and their politics became their faith. And in those small groups, they would not only strategize for their escape, they would strategize for how to leave little markings along the trails so others could see. 
As I mentioned, this Underground Railroad, I'm going to get to the Bible in a minute. Let me just take, take my time. I'm already in there. You just don't know it yet. This Underground Railroad, as I said, was assisted by various ethnicities and people groups and what have you. But most specifically, it was operated by the church. As I said back yonder, the church did not have time to be a social club. For some reason back yonder, they understood the Great Commission. Peter, if you love me, feed my sheep. Peter, if you love me, feed my lamb. You had churches back then from the Methodists to the Baptists to the Presbyterian, even down to the Catholics. They were all unified, but then there was a split. Because the church couldn't agree on whether or not we should love our neighbors as we love ourselves. There was a pastor here in Norfolk over at Freemason Street, the first pastor to be precise. Forgive me for not remembering his name. I would go look it up, but I don't have time. But that pastor left the church and went north because this city by which most of us live became succumbed to the slave territorial mindset. And just like there were those churches who felt that their mission statement was to follow the commandment of Christ. Love thy neighbor as you love yourself. How can you love God? Those churches would ask. Who you have not seen and yet hate your brother. Use him like Kleenex. There was a young person the other day I was reading on the internet somewhere and he said something and I kind of put it together and we got to joking and I said you sound like toilet tissue he said I feel like toilet tissue he said some days I'm on a roll the other days I'm taking stuff off of people I feel like toilet tissue to just get flushed down the toilet. They knew these churches back then. The hurts and the struggles of people, and some of them subscribed to the idea that we should love. But there was others who even to this day still subscribe to alternative ideas. You've seen it. 
You watching. I ain't got to tell you. I witnessed it. You witnessed it. As far as I'm concerned, what has happened here in the last few months got more witnesses than Jehovah. This idea that for some reason there's a hierarchy amongst humans that some are greater than others. I don't have to tell you about the laws that they put into effect. You upset some of you because politicians got bought yesterday. That ain't new. They created laws these senators and legislators did back yonder. One law was known as the Fugitive Slave Act, which suggested that they could arrest any black person they saw on site because documentation was not required. It didn't matter if you was free or not. They spotted you. They could take you. And then you would have to go to court. But just like Congress yesterday, the court was rigged. If they liked the slave, they paid the judge to convict them. I said if they liked the slave and they wanted them, they paid the judge to convict them. And if that slave refused, they had the right to kill him on the spot. And most of your judge and jurors were the same ones who got up in pulpits and preached about the love of God. It was a different philosophy even back then. And yet, despite all that, these some 100,000 black folks persisted. They would find themselves, as I mentioned earlier, and I said I'd get back to it, and this is a great time here, in these secret places, better known as sanctuaries. Most of us know the sanctuary as this holy place. To some degree it is. In that context, we will, we will allow that to be our choice of argument. But sanctuary has more meaning than just an enclosed space illuminated by the wonderful pictures in the stained glasses, by the gothic chandeliers that illuminate with the connecting of the sun through those glasses. No, 
It was more than just the pristine wooden altars, communion tables and lecterns, pulpit furniture with typical matching pews. It was more than that. It was a safe haven. It was a place where people could find refuge. They knew if they could just make it to the sanctuary, that there was hope needed, it would be in the sanctuary. If there was healing needed, it would be in the sanctuary. If there was medical needs required, it would be in the sanctuary. If I could just make it to the house of God. Some of those churches would have steeples on them that were illuminated. And certain colors meant it's a safe house. Just like David, who was in the middle of a war, who said, if I could just keep my eyes towards the secret place. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow. The church was the shadow of the Almighty. The one place that even the slave master dare not go. Back then, the church was respected. It was revered. If you got in there, you were free. And they would camp around the church, but they would not touch it. I wonder what would happen if the church became a safe haven again. If people got here and they realized that they would never be hurt. If they got here and realized they would get everything they need. All of their requirements, all of their hopes, all of their desires would be right here in this church. That's what got those 100,000 people into safety. As I think about this, I make my way to my my conclusion here. I don't want to bore you too much longer nor take up any more of your time. But I think about, again, these 100,000 people. Who did not fall to their circumstances. They knew they were slaves. And that didn't matter. They knew they were broke. But that didn't matter. They knew they didn't have health care. They knew they didn't have adequate resources or adequate wages, but that didn't matter. They found a way. 
They did what they could until they could get more. If they couldn't work in the system, they went around it. They were determined. Makes me think, how long will you sit and wait for somebody who don't want to help you? One historian wrote of a slave as it came closer to the conversation of the civil of the Emancipation Proclamation Proclamation. The Civil War intensified and the need to do something was more prevalent. There was a group of slaves who was playing an escape route and someone popped up. If we just wait a little bit, the government going to do something. One of the slaves looked back and said, the government is only going to do what it got to do to protect itself. It doesn't really care about you. Are you trying to tell us to go against the government? No. I'm trying to say that if you put your hope in a system that's not designed to really care about you, you've already failed. What you need has already been put inside. The tools to survive and to thrive has already been put inside. All you got to do is look towards your inner hope. Before I formed you in your mama's womb, I knew you. I sanctified you. That thought took these 100,000 people through an 800-mile underground railroad, a distance that spanned from the south to Canada some six weeks. But they pursued it. They pressed on. And that brings me to my final point, and I'm going to leave you. Like I said, I've taken up too much of your time today. I thought about these warriors struggling to become free. I think about what happened, what was happening inside of their minds. I wasn't there. Like I said, it may be that whole other life thing. We'll talk about that later, that science and stuff. You know, that's the thing. But I had a feeling. That feeling was in connection with this five-year-old I heard about. This five-year-old at the time who was usually scrubbing floors and making moss field mattresses and cane chairs. 
And when she wasn't doing that, she was playing along the levees, catching fish and crabs down in Louisiana. While she was doing those things from the scrubbing of the floors, to the stuffing of the mattresses, to the making of the chairs, to the playing along the Louisiana levees. She would get inspiration. She would sing these songs. And this young girl, you might have heard of her. Her name was Mahalia Jackson. She got the inspiration one day. Sing a little song that I believe was her personalized experience with these underground railroadians. She was preparing to deal with the struggle of her day. She would say, as my dear grandmother comes to us to pray in a moment, she would say, with a force of conviction, walk with me, Lord. Walk with me. Walk with me, Lord. Walk with me. While I'm on this tedious journey, I need Jesus every day to walk with me. My dear grandma. Most holy and all wise Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you, God, because we can depend on you. We need you, God. There is nothing impossible with you. All things is possible with you. And God, we trust in you this morning to lead us, guide us, protect us. Show us your way. Help us to walk in the light of your word. Go, God, root us and ground us in your love, that we be able to love one another, that we be able to care for one another, encourage one another, build up one another, God. You told us to love as you have loved us, and, God, you have loved us so great. Oh, God, you love us so much. You supply our needs morning by morning, new mercies we see. All that we need, God, you give it to us every day fresh. And help us to do as you do. Help us to love. Help us to care about one another. We thank you for the word this morning. We thank you, oh God, that you are there for us. Help us to put our trust in you. Take our eyes off a situation. And, God, you say in all things, give thanks. And we thank you this morning. Don't understand all things, but we're going to say thank you. God, we don't see everything right, but we're going to tell you thank you. We don't understand it, but we're going to tell you thank you. Because you told us to thank you. And you told us to trust in you and do good. Lean not to our own understanding, but in all our ways acknowledge you. And help us to do just that. We just thank you for the word that you have sent this morning. Let that word sink deep down in our hearts, God. 
And as we go forth, God, help us to go forth as shining lights in this dark world. Help us to go forth, calling on the name, putting your trust in you, God, and lifting your name high. We can boast in you, and we thank you this morning. We love you, we praise you, and we magnify your holy, righteous name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Let the words of our mouths and the meditation of our hearts be accepted in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and redeemer. Have a great Valentine's Day and a great week trusting and loving God. Amen. 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 See you Wednesday. Okay. Hallelujah.